Good afternoon, everybody. It's been a little while since I've made a new episode, so I was thinking about this last night, uh, yesterday, and I thought I'd do a little quick episode about an incident, another incident that happened when I was a member of the West Virginia State Police. So um, I went through the State Police Academy, and when I went through the Academy, it was 28 weeks. It's varied since it opened. It's been as long as 30 weeks. It's been as short as I think it's down now to 24 weeks, whatever. Um, and I worked with many different officers from many different agencies, uh, state, federal, local. And uh, the everybody, state and local officers, they all back then had to go to the West Virginia State Police Academy. Now I think they can take a, um, a course at Fairmont State University. I don't know how that works, but I would say they're probably going to be different uh, There'll probably be different uh, things that they do there that they would do would have done at the State Police Academy, obviously. But anyway, I had back then our training was 28 weeks. Deputies, city officers, DNR, and public service commission officers, mm-hmm. their training was only 14 weeks. So I had State Police cadets back then had twice the amount of training that basic officers, local officers had in the academy alone. Plus, I had some real good, um, knowledgeable troops and sergeants and first sergeants that I worked with throughout my career who I could, once they accepted me, I could go to them with any kind of problem and they'd help me out. So they'd get me an answer. They'd find an answer some way, somehow. Well, I didn't have the best relationship with my training officer, but that's another story for another day. Uh, but for the first year I was at the Romney Detachment, I was ignored. The only people that spoke to me was my first first sergeant. Jim, shout out to Jim, heck of a good guy, best first sergeant, in my opinion, that the state police ever had, West Virginia State Police ever had, probably the best one ever will be, but regardless, he was the only really uniform member that would talk to me. My FTO talked to me when he had to, the sergeant talked to me when he had to, everybody else avoided me like the plague. Dispatch. Uh, my first six weeks out of the academy, I broke my hip in the academy. So first six weeks out of the academy, I was back in the, the comm center because we had a dispatch center in the Romney detachment. It's still there today. It's been changed a little bit, and they, they dispatch for more counties now than they used to, but it's still back there. It was in our building. And I worked back there for the first six weeks, dispatching calls, uh, run, run 10 27s, 28s, 29s, did uh, NCIC entries, removals, the whole nine yards, I knew how to do all, but I was NCIC certified from the academy as a cadet. But the difference with the local agency, the sheriff's department, I don't know. When I first got out of the academy, they, they only gave their, their new deputies like a week of training, field training, or maybe two weeks. And they weren't even certified officers. They, they could work for up to a year before they'd go to the academy. They weren't even certified officers. And their training officers, once that training officer got his week or two weeks done with the new guy, they were on their own, new guy or girl. They were on their own. And they, I don't I guess they didn't even feel comfortable asking their sergeants or other lieutenants or it wasn't a big agency, but the sheriff or the chief deputy. So a lot of times they would ask questions to me and I would help them out. But fast forward after I was the detachment commander, I was working uh, day shift. Actually, this might have been before I was the detachment commander. I mean, I was the assistant detachment commander. And it was, um, I don't know if it was a Monday or Tuesday or what, but it might have been Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. 
It was day shift. It was, it was. Uh, I think it was my Friday. But anyway, I was training a guy, a boot trooper, and I believe I just got promoted to sergeant, or it was I was the promotion was coming down. It was, was going to be promoted right around that time frame. I actually ended up getting promoted to assistant attached commander from corporal there at Romney, and just stayed in place. Just uh, moved into a different office there at the building. But anyway, one of the local deputies, the female deputy, she had a call. She had a 911 call from a utility worker. Uh, can't, I don't know if he's a cable. I can't remember. I think maybe he was a cable guy. Um, because in this area of the county, there was no public water or sewer. It was too rural. So the only thing they would have had back there would have been cable and, and electricity. There was no gas comp, no gas out there, gas lines either. So I think it was the cable guy, but anyway, this guy goes to a house. I guess he goes there to disconnect the service for lack of payment. And he claims that the female resident of the house comes out with a gun and threatens him with a gun and fires the gun off, blah, 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 blah. At least that's what he claims. Well, he, we found out later he exaggerated substantially what had happened. I think she did come out and confront him, but I don't know if she even, and I think she did have a gun in her hands, but I don't think she even pointed at him. We found out later, but regardless. So this deputy wants her, myself and my, my boot, my trainees help to go arrest this guy. So my first call was we were at the station. They called us. We were at the detachment. She calls us. And my first thing was, well, has the guy left the scene? Oh, yeah, he's already fled. I'm like, okay. Magistrate court's open. It's daylight. It's during the week. It's not a holiday. Go up to the magistrate court and get a warrant. Oh, no, I ain't got time. We, 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 we got to go out there. She's a danger to society. I'm like, you're going to really be stretching this for a wanton endangerment, which is a felony. More than likely, at most, you're going to have is a brandishing, maybe, and then a simple assault, which both of those are misdemeanors, and, and it didn't happen in your presence or our presence. So you need a warrant to arrest this woman. I wouldn't just go on the word of the utility guy. I mean, I, I don't know him. I don't know who he is. I don't know if you know him or not, but I wouldn't want to put my reputation on this guy. No, I'm going out there right now. So this deputy about half goes off, half cocked and out the door. I'm going. I need backup. So she takes off from her station. So I grab my boot and we hop in my cruiser and we head out there. And we actually pulled in back from the house to come up with a game plan. And I told this, again told this deputy, I'm like, I really think you need to go get a warrant. Nope, I'm going in. I got to get this lady. She's she's a harm. She's a harm to society. I'm like, you ever dealt with this lady before? Nope, doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, the utility guy told me what happened and I trust him. Implicitly, I trust him. I'm like, well. That's on you. I said, we'll back you up. So the house was in was in a subdivision, but it was a very wooded subdivision. The lots were, I think, 10 or 15 acre lots. So the nearest house, I don't think you could even see the nearest house. So I, I don't believe there would have been a chance of maybe the neighbor might have seen the incident, an independent person maybe. So I don't think it was just a he said, she said. Utility guy says this woman threatening with a gun, you know, I don't know what that woman said yet because the deputy hadn't talked to her yet. She said, okay. So we get around this house and we start 
inching it a little bit. And we get close as I feel comfortable. And I tell my the other trooper I read to him, I was like, can you see the, that side of the house? He's like, yeah. So we'll just stage there. And I'll stage on this other side. And the deputy's going to the front door. And if something bad happens, you know, there won't be no crossfire. But if something bad happens, we'll be able to move in pretty quick because we were close enough to the house. We were probably only 25 yards from the house, 20 yards maybe, in the tree line behind some large oak trees there. And we were watching the whole thing. Well, the deputy approaches the house and goes up, and she knocks. And the woman opens, you know, she knocks a couple times. And finally, I guess the woman must have yelled at her because the deputy radios us and says, I hear somebody inside, and I think she's coming to the door. So we just stayed. We stayed in our position. We staged. The woman comes to the door. The deputy arrests this lady. She comes out. Deputy tells her who she is. Says, um, blah, 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 the sheriff's department. Um... I guess she must have asked the woman what happened. And the woman, I guess, did did admit to going out and confronting the utility guy, but denied threatening him with any firearm. Well, she went ahead and made a warrantless arrest of this woman, which was really stretching it. And she radios us that she's got her 1015 in custody. And we move in. And she's walking the woman over to her car and she searches her and she puts her in the back of the cruiser and shuts the door. And I'm like, what are you, you going to charge her with? What an endangerment. I'm like, I don't, did she fire the gun? I mean, is there a spent casing laying on the ground? Is there any other kind of evidence other than what this utility guy is saying? Nope. That's all I need. I'm like, I don't, she goes, I don't need a warrant to arrest him with felony. I'm like, I'm aware of that. But you at least need probable cause, and I don't think you got probable cause here. So she runs the woman down to the magistrate court. And my boot trooper and I jump in my car, and we head back to the office. Well, it's probably about an hour and a half later. Dispatch yells, and it's like, Corporal or Sergeant Mason, I don't know if I was a corporal or sergeant at the time, it's right around the time I got promoted, says, uh, can you pick up line so-and-so? It's deputy so-and-so. And that was the actual deputy that we went out to back up on his gun call. And the one that arrested, the female deputy that arrested this woman. And I'm like, yeah, Sergeant Mason speaking, how can I help you? And, and the deputy's like, hey, this is deputy so-and-so. I think I screwed up, was like the first couple words out of her mouth. And I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, um, I charged that woman with wanton endangerment. And the magistrate didn't find probable cause of my arrest. But he did find probable cause for brandishing charge and he signed off my criminal complaint and the woman's already saying she's going to sue me for false arrest I'm like I don't know what to tell you I tried to tell you well and she's like well I tried to get a hold of the sheriff and the chief deputy but they weren't in to see if they can give me some guidance and I'm like I tried to tell you not to do that but but this deputy was adamant she was going to arrest that woman, and she did. I don't know if she ever got sued for it. I never got subpoenaed for court. I'm assuming the woman was probably blowing smoke, but, I mean, if she would have got sued, the deputy might have even lost her job for a false arrest. There was no threat to society. There was no one else in the house. I don't think the woman's husband was even home. 
Utility guy had already left. He didn't have no injuries. She wasn't even close to a neighbor's house. So there was the only threat the woman was was to herself or to us when we showed up out there to help the deputy arrest this woman. And the deputy was basically performing an illegal arrest. So I always tried to help out the other agencies as much as I could because some of the agencies had really good leadership, but some of them really lacked in leadership. And maybe their officers just didn't want to help, want to ask for help. But I know that was one time that was an officer that could really need some advice from her, her own chain of command, and she couldn't get a hold of them. And I tried, but I wasn't in her chain of command.